0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to That Recruiter Show with Rodney Stegall and David York. Hope everyone's doing well this week. Um, It's been a busy one, had some interesting things happen. And I think we've got a really cool topic. Right, David?
1: I I think we do. I think we do. And I think that it's, um, first of all, let me just say hello to everybody. So hello, everyone. (laughs) Um, but as it relates to the topic, I think we do. And, and I would argue that it's on a lot of people's minds for a lot of different reasons, depending on what lens you're looking through. And so the topic that we want to discuss today is really what is the what is the hiring outlook or, or, or what do we believe the hiring outlook is going to be uh, for the rest of 2023? And, and there's a lot of things that go into that and a lot of data, and we're going to cover some of that today. But I think that it's, uh, it's a very, very salient topic for not only the recruiting world, the HR world, but but hiring managers, companies, CEOs, everybody, right? Because hiring is always something that people care about one way or another, if it's scaling it up, scaling it down, getting the best people, all of those things. And so uh, I think that talking about that today in what is a strange economy, uh, to say the least, I think is going to be, it's going to be a fun topic for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think what makes it even stranger is just kind of the typical telltale signs that you would expect out of the economy aren't necessarily the telltale signs you would expect. And, you know, I've got some thoughts around that. I think, especially, you know, we look at the unemployment rate and that's ultimately what everyone's looking at. And I think even now it's, it's not great for a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people hurting right now in the, uh, in the labor market, but you know, we've got a, like a 3.7% unemployment rate, which doesn't necessarily reflect what we've seen like in tech with all the layoffs that we've seen there um similarly if you look at the the stock market you know we've we've had a little bull market here in the last couple of weeks and it's it's looking pretty healthy right and yeah you know i i would say that has kind of lost its ability to be a forecasting indicator you know and i think you, you hear a lot of things about about getting priced in and and being forward-looking, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of the rules that we have put together in this in this country have kind of taken away the ability um, to really look at the stock market as a bellwether. All right, now not to say that it's useless or anything like that, but I don't think that it's as sensitive to the, all the other factors that it used to be. Um, yeah, and I think there's a multiple multiple reasons for that. But um, so I probably interrupted. Interrupted your train of thought, but no. I found no,
1: you did not. That was that was all good, and it was funny because I was gonna. I I, I think it's actually it's very apropos to pivot toward the macro economy mm-hmm. as the, as the starting point, right? Because that, is, that drives a lot of 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 what's happening as it relates to to the employment, and and part of it is I think it's. The reality and the data and part of its perception of that mm-hmm. and and what companies think is going to happen, what they believe might happen based on the data, if you will. And, and, and I think that to your point where you don't have any of these these concrete things that you can point to very directly, like in 2008. You know, it was the you know the housing crisis in what was it 2001 ish 2000. You know, it was the dot coms burst, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 you can go go back and 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 look at various recessions. And there's usually something or a couple of things that you can really point to as what drove that recession in particular, right? right. And what's happening now? And I think this is the funny thing. And this this just came out. I don't know if you saw this. Um, it was yesterday, I believe. So the Conference Board um, they just released their, their leading indicator data. And the conference board does this. I, I can't, don't remember what the, what the, the timeline is on it, but they do this every so often on a consistent basis and, and, and try to predict what's happening in the economy. And they've been pretty mm-hmm. good. And so they're leading in its the leading indicator index, if I'm not mistaken. And it has about 10 different factors. I think there's three financial factors and then uh, seven non-financial factor, factors in there, and it's things like the S and P index. It is um, there's there's things in there about um, unemployment, housing, uh, housing permit for building. You know, so there's a host of things. And if you know, I'm sorry, I'm not remembering them all off the top of my head, but easy to look up if anybody right. cares. <laughs> but, the, but but the point is is that um, over the last, I, I want to say it's fifteen months. The the um, the number has been negative when you when you aggregate these factors Mm -hmm. and a negative number typically points you toward recession. Okay, but what's strange is that it's been first of all, it's been 15 months of these negative numbers. Mm -hmm. And and so that's why everybody's been hearing recession, recession, recession for a year. Right. But yet we haven't really gone into a recession, at least definitionally haven't gone into a recession. I think there's argument that certain sectors perhaps have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, and then you've got a lot of economists too that look at at this, at this data and other data to decide, you know, well, I think it's a recession, I don't. And meanwhile, by the way, Janet Yellen is saying, well, I don't know now that if there's going to be a recession. Right. So you've got, you, you know, you've got... You know, this a, a high-ranking, you know, Fed person saying that, or what? You know, the Fed chairman, I guess. Oh no, is she the Fed chairman. She treasury. Um. Anyway, Treasury. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me honest. But you know, so you've got that. You've got that. So it's a very, so it's very, very strange. And and the point I'm making is that so you've got all this data out there that typically would point in a direction that would typically come true, mm-hmm. and it would seem that that data may not necessarily come true anymore or point to what actually happens in reality, but it's enough, I think, to make a lot of companies nervous and hold on things. Right. And so, so, so that I think in and of itself, you know, creates some of the spin that we're in. And and again, it goes back to perception, right. And perception is reality, you know, when, when behaviors are following that perception. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I don't know, it's fascinating. And I, I, um, I don't mean to go down too much of a rabbit hole on the economics of it, but I think that it matters. And, no, and just right. some stats, you know, and, but you think about, right. Going back to the unemployment side of it, unemployment, you know, there's about a, what you, this number has been out there a little bit for a while, about 11 million jobs. Mm-hmm. And granted, you have to really break that down because there's I, like, you know, inordinate amounts in different sectors, right. Um, of that 11 million, but nonetheless, there's a lot of jobs out there. There's the point. and, and, depending on where you're looking,
0: you know, there is still a lot of hiring to be done. Right. And, and let now, me stop I know, you there though for a second, David, because, yeah. you know, when all of this started, the fed pointed to the job market as an inflationary factor. And even if you go back to February, depending on on which fed bank you look at, I think the the total fed outlook for unemployment by the end of this year is they were targeting like 4.7%. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I saw someone had done 5.5 because they felt Mm -hmm. that to to tame inflation, they were going to have to bring unemployment up. I looked today and the Fed Bank in uh, Philly was projecting 3.6 as of, you know, so I'm looking that, you know, you're almost like a two point differential or one point differential from February to June. And now we're actually like, a tenth of a percentage above where, you know, the Philly Fed had had projected last month. So what is it? What's right?
1: Right. Right. I think, you know, and it's funny, I think what I take away from it personally, and this is, again, just just my opinion, is that you can't really rely on these numbers like maybe you could in the past. I'm not saying that they're not good numbers and they shouldn't be paid attention to to some degree, but I just don't know that they hold the same water on, or at least in their predictability as maybe they once did. Mm-hmm. And my, my my speculation with this too is because I I still think that there's some element of a COVID hangover, right? So you just had that's the big event I think maybe in in the in where we're at today is COVID, which nobody alive today has really experienced anything like that right. before. And so I think that there is some sort of residual or hangover effect from that because, you know, you shut the economy down by and large in a lot of it, in a lot of sectors. And now those are ramped back up. You know, COVID is no longer as of May, technically, you know, a, 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 you know, an emergency anymore, Mm -hmm. obviously still exists. We still be careful. I'm not saying that. So please, you know, nobody (laughs) give me their opinion on that. But, But the point being is that that there, there was that event. And so I still think, I think that might have altered now how behaviors are, um, even spending, right. So to your point in, you know, with inflation right? inflation has gone up, but employment has stayed low mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there, are they're granted there. This is not to say that there aren't a lot of people that were impacted certainly with layoffs in, in a lot of different areas. And, and that's very real, but economically speaking, you know, more, m- more broadly is that, people are still spending. Yep. Um, and, and so the inflation has gone, uh, gone up, although it's coming down, you know, it's not where it was, you know, a couple of years ago, but it's, it's coming down. And so people are able to absorb this maybe a little bit differently. One of the stats that I saw, which I thought was interesting is because of COVID people saved money. You know, first the ones that weren't impacted certainly by layoffs and things, Mm -hmm. but your, your people that stayed employed were able to save a lot more because you couldn't go out. Right. 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 You couldn't take your vacation. You couldn't go out. Um, and so, so there's, there's a higher level of savings than we've seen before, even though debt per household is, has actually gone up, it's more oh, wow. sustainable, right. As it relates, mm-hmm. it was, as it relates to, um, you know, if you've got more savings and your income is, you know, is, is, is where it needs to be, even if you're carrying a little more debt, that doesn't necessarily put you in any real financial jeopardy. And so, um, so, again, so I think, the, you know, when you get down to the household level, a lot more people can absorb what's happening, not and if their behaviors don't change in their consumption, that keeps the economy pumping. Right. 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 And 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 so and to your point, the stock market's still up. I think that those things go together. So it's it's um, I, I just think that it it's just we're just in a different world now. Right. Right um and that's and that's just I think what we have to deal with and I, I just believe that the the statisticians and economists and everybody that looks at this stuff is really just trying to figure it out. yeah, they don't still know.
0: They don't know, and, you know they you know, don't know i I think a lot of people in our audience are are kind of in our industry, right, so they're kind of looking at everything and you know if they're if they're in an audience, they're likely a recruiter and might have been impacted by some of this stuff from a layoff perspective or you know they're they're probably certainly seeing a, a softer hiring side in their in their companies. So it's impacting people professionally, but you know, I think the question then becomes, okay, if I'm a CEO, at what point do you kind of say, you know what, maybe this is a nothing burger, and I need to start hiring it again? Like, what what's the trigger mm-hmm. in your mind? Like, what what do you, you know, if 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 you're one of our listeners and you're like, and you want to know, okay, what's my trigger to know that that we're turning the corner? What do you have any thoughts on that? I'm not, I'm not trying to put I you do. on the you know. No, the, the I
1: spot. do, I do, though, Rodney. No, I appreciate the question. And, and I do. And I think, though, that you have to look at it sector to sector. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I think that companies, like, let's just start even with some, like, the, like, consulting. Right. You, we've seen some, some bits of layoffs in consulting. Um, you know some of the big consulting houses i think it was mckinsey and and bcg i think if if memory serves i know ey and, and kpmg and i believe pwc have all done some some small amount mm-hmm. of layoffs in that in that sector as well um, and i think it's driven by by two things one is you know the consulting projects aren't coming in quite the way that they that they were coming before so there's less demand right that mm-hmm. always has an impact um, but i also think that that these companies and i know these companies pretty well is they're also they're also looking at well what are we getting into and what is the skill set and and in in the world of consulting what i have seen is that the the particularly the big houses will get into you know get into things that are hot at the moment mm-hmm. and move away from those things for the next thing and and so what that what that causes is there's there's skill set differentials some skills maybe they needed for a point of time don't need them anymore And now they need new skill sets. And so it creates this like, well, we don't need you anymore, but we probably need this other thing anymore, you know, this other type of person. And so I think that there is, is some of that also that's going on, meaning divestiture of skills that they don't see as the future. Right. And so, um, you know, and then obviously if you look at like retail, they can't hire fast enough retail, retail, hospitality, those kinds of things, healthcare can't hire fast enough. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think it, it really, If you want to look, if you want to get down to the recruiter question, which obviously directly relates to hiring, I I don't know that I have a good answer. Like I said, I think it's sector to sector, but I would say this is that if you are an Amazon or a Meta and you just straight up overhired, maybe you just correct it with some of these layoffs Mm -hmm. to some extent. Although I would argue that they probably they probably cut too deep because that's a pretty pretty normal thing to do. You cut too deep and then hire back a little bit, but I don't think that they'll hire back at the clip. To get to the number that they had before they laid off of recruiters, because I don't think that I don't think the need is there, um, you know, but I think companies, if they're smart, and this is something that we're seeing a bit of is they're holding on to people and they're trying harder on the retention side of things. Mm-hmm. And because I, I think that there is so much of an unknown right now that that they're they're thinking that things are going to change because there's glimmers of it. Right. You still even have M&A activity, m activity in certain elements. Right of the market, you know, out, out in certain sectors in healthcare specifically, as I understand it, you know, less so in others. And so it it really, I think it's so dependent on where you are. And I think the other big thing is it's dependent on the function, right? So you've got the industry components, but you also have functionally, what do you do? You know, uh, unfortunately I think, you know, recruiters have been, but hit the hardest, but, but there are jobs out there. It's just more competition and it's just basically taking longer to get jobs. I would say this to anybody that's out there though, that's looking is, Continue to look, continue to, to beat the pavement, continue to pound your network, uh, continue to apply, even though that is, you know, probably the most fruitless of all the things. Mm-hmm. You know, your network is the best, but you will get a job because the jobs do exist. Right. It's just taking it's just harder to find them and it's yeah. taking longer. So it's a, it, so it's not that. It, so I think right now you're just seeing a big reshuffle. Um, well, in industries and things, and and I think that's that's what people need to maybe keep in
0: mind. So maybe it's not as bleak as it feels. So it, let me ask you. if In I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but it's almost I see a paradox in the sense that AI is like the new .dot com right? Well, it's new. Twenty yep. years ago .dot com, like you put a .dot com next to anything twenty years ago or twenty two years ago, and and it was going to make billions. And yeah. that's AI now. Every I mean, I heard Kroger on their earnings call talking about becoming an AI company. It's like, okay, this is getting a little weird. But the paradox side of that is that I don't see that heating up in the same way we saw in the dot-com boom where, okay, we've got a, there's this new technology, we've got to ramp up, everybody wants a piece of it and take advantage of it. But I don't see that happening right now in AI. Is there is this a lag between interests and, and companies committing to it? To when we're seeing the hiring, because I think even if you look at the, the tech world, um, the companies that were laying people off would seem to be the ones that would want them. And to your point, right, it, it might just be a, a resizing, um, not to say that they they let go of their AI people. But I think that's um, it's that's my question is, is is there a lag in AI or is it happening? And I'm not seeing it. Or what about you? Man, well, I don't,
1: I don't know the answer to that question, but my opinion on it is that I think people are still really trying to figure out how best to use AI mm-hmm. and, um, and what it actually means, whereas I think the dot-coms, I think when, once people really... I think that was easier to get your head around in some respects, mm-hmm. you know, um, on what, on what the internet could do for you. Right. And, and whereas I, you know, and granted that has grown and changed a bit, but like, I, I just think it's generally easier. I think that people are trying to figure out, well, what can I really do with AI that's going to help my business? And I think of like a Kroger, right. And the first thing that came to mind, and I don't know if this is what they're doing at all, but it's like, do you, can you somehow, you know, incorporate AI AI into your supply chain and stocking mm-hmm. and, 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 and that side of things. Um, it, you know, but I, I, it's, I think people are just still, it's, it's a little, there's a lag in that. I think people are still trying to figure out how best to use it and what it actually means for their business. I think once people are able to get their head around it a little bit, cause you don't remember even like chat GPT, which I think is really open people's eyes, like your average person more so November, you know, right. Yeah, it was only November. That's my point. So it was that was it was pretty darn recent that that happened, and I think that people are are just just now in a larger way seeing the power of AI. I you know you can and and where I get this opinion too is like you can even look at the reactions from these really big players, Microsoft mm-hmm. and Google specifically. When chat GPT came out, it was like, Oh no, we better do something similar. Right. Cause we need to stay relevant. And so then they came out with, what is it? Um, you know, it was like Bing and Bard, and Bard or well, whatever, you know, it's chat just GPT. like
0: GPT. So that's a Microsoft right. product. Right. But Bard was yeah. Google. I think there was, there's another one out there. And I think, to your point, right? And I think now I'm I'm starting my juices are cooking now. <laughs> good. We're good. But but you're right. So so I think as as people start to get their minds wrapped around, okay, what do I even want to do? What can I do? They then have yeah. to go scope projects that, that they want to get onto the books and then start getting them funded. And you know, sometimes that means they, they've got to cross fiscal years or, or quarters. So so right. maybe that's that's it. But I I you know, I'm just shocked that that's the word du jour but it's not really driving anything that I'm seeing. Not yet. But I do think, I think people are smart because everybody
1: realizes like, I got to use AI for something. Right. It's here. It's real. I have got to use it for something and and it will be helpful in some way to my business, but I'm just getting that all figured out, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because I think everybody agrees that it's, 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 it's going to change things in a pretty material way. How I think is is really what people are still trying to get their get their arms around. Right. Um, even the recruiting world, right. But it's um, you know we just sat on a a webcast from one of our vendors recently, you're talking mm-hmm. about AI and how you can incorporate it into what we do. And right. it's fascinating. And it was, you know, and I, you know, some of it I knew, but some of it I'm like, oh, those are great little tidbits. Um, I don't know if anything I learned was game changing, but certainly helpful. Mm-hmm. And maybe collectively it becomes game changing, like when right. you add all the parts together. Right. But but I agree with you. I think AI is, is, is a
0: very big deal. I just think that people are figuring it out. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's something, what you think maybe Q4, we start to see a little bit more Q4, maybe even
1: into Q1, Um, because, again, I still think going back to our economic discussion is that the other thing is, is like, I think companies are still a little hesitant because, again, there's these there's these sort of I'm going to say conflicting and lots of different data out there as it relates to where the economy is going. And so I think that their companies are trying to be prudent in their investments mm-hmm. and deciding also on like, well, what do I invest in? What do I not invest in? And, and I don't know where AI falls on that spectrum for a lot of companies. Right. I, I think it probably varies by company to company. So again, this economic uncertainty factors into, you know, all these investments and it factors into your hiring and all those things. And so it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating time.
0: Yeah. And, and I think if you look at like the, the tech leaders out there, it's, it's different right so they they enjoyed their covid bounce right and now that the world's not that and it's going to be something totally different what does that turn look like for them and mm-hmm. and not to say you know i think they're all very successful companies anyway whether it's it's you know meta amazon google whoever to, it's not that they're not being successful but i think they they just don't have the success that drove the kind of hiring that we saw in in the pandemic mm-hmm. And to, to your point, that was over hiring in retrospect. So we're, I don't think we're mm-hmm. ever going to see that. Right. So. No,
1: I, I don't, I don't either. I think, I think we're in a bit of a correction and unfortunately recruiters I think are left holding the bag yeah. more than most, Yeah, you know, and that's also one of the things I wanted to mention was around the functions that are still hiring. Right. So I was looking up some other stats. And as you look into the rest of 2023 and then into to the first part of 2024, if you just started certain buckets of functions, like let's just start with finance and accounting, you know, you know the stuff I was looking at uh, was saying, that you know, 62% um, of, of managers in that space will need to hire. And, and that's new hires too. That's not even just replacements. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, I can't remember, there's a percentage, you know, on the replacement side of it as well. So they're still hiring and 90, 91% face hiring challenges. There right. are perceived hiring challenges in that space. And if you look at tech, the numbers are very similar, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, again, you're looking at functions. So this doesn't mean tech working in big tech. This might mean tech working in some mid-sized company that isn't even a tech company, but all companies are tech companies now, right? right. Just like all companies have clients and accounting people to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's, a, here's one that I think people will find interesting, because I did, is HR, um, there is, there is still a lot of hiring to be done in HR. The unfortunate part is that recruiting was not one of the pieces of HR that was really mentioned as needing like like to be hired for, right. You mm-hmm. had, I think if I remember correctly, it was training and development and comp people were the top two things within the greater HR space. Interesting. Followed by, and I can't remember, I may mean, have this slightly wrong, but it's followed by like HR managers, HR VPs, that sort of thing. So, so you know unfortunately at this point there still isn't the perception that a lot of recruiters need to be hired mm-hmm. that's more replace stuff right and so I think going back to my earlier comment where I'm hopefully giving some solace to people is that the jobs exist that you just it, it just takes longer now yeah. you know whereas you know a year ago even or, or two years ago or five years ago you could probably turn around and get a job in a matter of weeks you know that's not the reality Easy. now it's a matter of yeah. Days. Now it's a matter of months. But the other thing I would, I would caution people on is think about, think about the industries that are hiring and how can you potentially even get into those things. Right. So mm-hmm. if you stuck, like if you've never done healthcare recruiting, for example, um, healthcare is a pretty good area to be in right now, if you're a recruiter. So if you've never done healthcare recruiting, how do you get in there? That, that always becomes the rub, but think about maybe becoming a contractor for a period of time because I'm of the mind that people that are recruiters, no matter what industry they've been in, if you're a good recruiter, you can learn whatever industry you go to pretty quick, pretty quickly. Yeah. And so um, now, now you talk about leadership. They may not agree with that. Um, But in my experience, you know, I, I was always pretty and still remain pretty industry agnostic when I hire a recruiter. Mm -hmm. Um, It's nice if they, if they know the industry, but a good recruiter, you can teach. Those are fungible Um, skills, right?
0: Those are, They're
1: very fungible skills. And, and I think that, you know, think about maybe if you're a recruiter looking at, at that, right. Looking at, well, what are the industries that are really hiring and is there a way for me to get an, get an end to that industry, even if it's a contractor to build that skill set such that you can, you know, broaden your scope and then who knows where that can go from there. But, um, but, but it's also a matter of just, of just, you know, plugging away and, and continuing to, to try to do stuff. But, but by and large, again, Hiring is, hiring is existing, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I think even looking at it from the lens of, you know, through you and I and our new business is, you know, th- the areas we're focusing on are the areas that are where there's the needs, right. Um, and you know, it's finance and accounting, it is it, it is HR. And the, the other thing that I want to mention that's, that's ramping up a lot right now too. And this is, this is common in uncertain economic times is, is the contingent hiring. In, the, in those areas and other areas. And so, you know, being open to contract work and all that I think is a good thing for somebody looking for a job. But then from our perspective, you know, we want to help companies fulfill those contractor needs. Yep. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's another thing that's, that's, that's changing right now in this kind of economy. And so it's, you know, it's, it's really a, a tale of, of two things when you start to, you know, depending on what industries you're talking about. So I, I did, but again, I, it's, It still looks pretty good from an employment standpoint. Just Mm -hmm. I think we might have just gotten used to how things were for the last few
0: years as the normal. And I don't know that it was. Yeah. You know, I I wonder the same thing. Right. It's it it got so hot that it was one of those stick your thumb out and someone's going to call you in like a couple of hours. Yeah. And it's it's just not that I think this is very similar to, you know, this is the norm of what it was like early in my career, you know, if, if you wanted to find mm-hmm. a job, you're not going to, it's, you know, you may be able to find one in a week or two or whatever, you know, but, but on the norm across, you aggregate that across the population of the country. It's not that easy, right? It it takes time. Yep. And I think that's where we are. Yep. I, I don't, I don't see that coming back to be honest, you know, to the level of where I, we were 15, 18 months ago. I just don't see no,
1: that. I, I don't either. The other thing I would say too, that is different that we're seeing now. um, And again, this goes just, just back to the pandemic and just after is the remote work Mm -hmm. Uh, there for right, for right or wrong. You know, we've, we've talked about that and we've got our opinions on it, you know, and and that's, that's certainly available in one of our other podcasts. So I won't rehash it, but the reality is that there are fewer remote jobs. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing. If you are a recruiter and you can be a little more open to reload or commuting, that can open up your possibilities as well. And that might be the reality, you know? um, And I know that it's it's unfortunate, you know, the situations that I think people have gotten themselves into thinking that remote was probably going to be more of a reality for a longer term. And it turns out maybe it's not. So, you know, if you're staunchly going to only work remote, that is your prerogative, but that may mean that you're on the market longer too. Mm -hmm. So, so everything is kind of a cost and a benefit in that regard. But, but the reality of it is that you just have to know is that remote work, and that's not just for recruiters in general, remote work has gone down a lot. There just aren't that there just aren't as many opportunities out there. They still exist and they still exist more than they did in say 2019, but they don't exist in the way that they did certainly during the pandemic or just after the pandemic Um, companies are, you know, ratcheting down and, and that, that is just the reality. I think that, that, that exists in the market today.
0: Right. You know, one thing that does interest me in the future, and I think this is this would be a bubble in all of this. I don't think it it would really apply across the industry or across the country. But there's a lot of fab plants that are going to start getting built here pretty soon. Like I think Arizona, there's one and I think they're planning one in uh, Ohio. You're talking fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 people in the semiconductor industry. We don't have a ton of those people in this country. No, we don't. So you know, I, I think when those start to come online, that I'm interested to see how that's going to play out, because it's just not like y- you can do a, a shuffle of of talent. Those are very specific right. skills, like wafer techs and and you know, seven nanometer design of of chips and that's nuts. Yeah, so that's not something you just kind of take somebody and say, hey, I know that you were doing FPGAs for the aircraft industry. Come design wafers. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. that's a different thing, and and the scale at which they're doing this, and this is happening in Europe too. So as these things come online, yeah. where are they going to come from? It's a good question.
1: It's <laughs> a good question. Like yeah, I I yeah I don't I don't I don't know that anybody knows the answer. Yeah, i if you build it if you build it, they will come. I don't know is that was that what the, or, they're
0: they're counting on? <laughs> we're going to relocate Taiwan. <laughs> basically the the whole country of taiwan let's go to arizona there you go it's yours now (laughs) right right oh my goodness so yeah i
1: think it's if i were to sum it up right i know we've kind of gone on a few tangents here but if i were to sum it up i would say this and, and i really and i really do mean this and again it's just my opinion is that whether we go into recession or not The indicators, and this is where there seems to be some level of agreement. Again, it's if we go into recession, people are saying it'd be probably end of 23 into early 24 Mm -hmm. and be mild. And so that in and of itself, and that's kind of like your worst case scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That that seems to be out there at the moment. And then there's several people though that are saying like, we don't think we're going to even go into recession. Right. Uh, You know, and even back to my conference board reference, like early on, They've even revised. They went from I think I want to say Q Q3 GDP being negative, slight slightly negative, to now being slightly positive, mm-hmm. right? So even definitionally, you know, you're not in a recession if you've got any any sort of positive GDP, um, you know. And so, so it, it point being is that it's not as bleak as it may feel, you know. Particularly if you're paying attention to the media, mm-hmm. and and I think there are certain people in sectors that are hit hardest or function specifically recruiting. I, I really do think recruiters maybe have hit, been hit worse than any other single oh. kind of population in the economy. 100%. 100%. Truly. And, and so, that, that, so that I know doesn't feel good if you're a recruiter, but but I also know that there are still a lot of jobs out there and and the, way to, the best way to get them is your network. That much I am, I'm sure of. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, keep pounding it, but it just, it just will probably take you longer. But I've seen a lot of people land jobs, even mid-level recruiters. that have been laid off, but it has, it didn't happen overnight. It was three months, four months, five months, six months. And so, so it, it, but the point is, is there are jobs there. It's not like there are no jobs. Right. So, um, which would be your worst case scenario, certainly. But so I think that, that while it takes longer, they exist. And then if you are in a, you know, if you're in finance and accounting, if you're in tech, if you're even in most, most other parts of HR, um, and, and I'm sure you can go down, you know, and I didn't talk much about it, but hospitality and all those things like there's there are jobs and mm-hmm. and and the the data, the Bureau of Labor Statistics data backs that up. Right. The unemployment rate's very low. Oh, so the, the and there's a lot of open jobs. And so that alone, I think, paints a little bit of a better picture for the job market over the rest of this year and into early 2024. Uh, and then, you know, if we don't end up going into a recession, all the better. But I think that we are coming now to that inflection point of of, we're sort of here, it's going to go one way or another, and companies will start to react accordingly. But I do think that hiring has to to ratchet up at least a little bit in the not-too-distant future, Mm -hmm. probably end of Q3, early Q4, because I just don't think what's happening right now is sustainable. I just don't think companies – you can't grow if you don't have any people. Right. You know, and if you let all your people go or just holding on to the same number of people and not hiring, um, you can't push growth out of that. And companies aren't going to want to stay stagnant for any longer than they need to be. Yeah. So I think that that maybe it'll they won't put their pedal, you know, their foot on the gas, if you will. But I think that we are going to see some 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 upticks in that here in the not in, in the not too distant future and then certainly hopefully into next year. And then if we don't fall into recession or it becomes clear sooner that we're not all the better. Right.
0: Yep. I, I agree completely.
1: So I, so I have a, I have a, a somewhat positive outlook on it. I think is, is my point based on all the data that, and, and talk from the, the quote unquote experts. It, it like I said, the, the picture isn't, isn't maybe as bleak as it, as, as it seems if you listen to too much news.
0: Yeah. To, to be honest with you, I, I trust you, your look at the bones as much as, as any economist. Cause you know, to be honest with you, that's all it, it's reading the bones. You know, let's, it is, let's look at the tea leaves and see what they say. <laughs> it is. And
1: and the other thing I'll tell you, Rodney, and, and even in our, you know, and the other thing, and this is all anecdotal, but all of the reach outs that, that I've been doing as part of, you know, trying to grow our business, most people, and there's a lot of, you know, my own people that I know in my network, they're pretty amenable to wanting to help you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and what I mean, help you is kind of like, help me help you. Meaning like, hey, oh my gosh, goodness, you're in this now. Yeah, I do have a few things that you can help me with. Right. And so we're starting to see that. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not, you know, just a deluge of that, but it's happening. And the other thing I'm hearing is I don't have anything today, but I'm probably going to have something in a month or two months or three Mm -hmm. months. I'm hearing a lot of that. And I'm like, that's, which is fine. But, but also it's an indicator of, I think where people's heads are. With um what they're gonna do in their in their hiring, you know, and where the company's going economically and all those things, and so I you know so the feel I get from a lot of people right now goes along with with kind of how i I painted that picture uh, a minute ago, right, right
0: yeah, I mean things haven't ground to a halt
1: no, they haven't this isn't this isn't a complete catastrophe, it's just uncomfortable, yep, yep, agree, and if you're one of the people impacted, I don't you know i I know. That that is is very real and sucks. And so I don't want to I don't want to minimize that at all.
0: But point is, is there there absolutely is hope for you. It'll get better. I think, you know, how many of these have we gone through in our in our careers? Right. Start you know, starting with 2000. Right. Dot com. boom. Mm-hmm. Then there was a, the telecoms melted down in like 2003. Um Yep. And then you had the Great Recession in 2008-ish. And that took a long time to get back to normal, you know, you, from 2008 right. until probably, what, 2013, 2012. That, that yeah. took a while. Um, and then you had COVID. Took a long time for the stock market, Not for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have COVID. And, and that's a, that. talking about things grinding to a halt, you know, things ground to a halt. And that's nothing like this. And, but, but here we are. Um, so, you know, I think it happens and, you know, as, as much as it sucks, it, you have to just kind of persevere through it. Right. And you You but, have to persevere and you have to play the long game.
1: That's yeah. the other thing I would tell people, you know, sometimes it's very, very easy to get caught up in the, the moment that you're in. And for some people that's real, like if you're literally running out of money and you're going to lose your house and all these things, I mean, that's okay. very real. So again, I don't want to minimize any of that. Um, but to the extent that's not happening to you and you can sort of wade through this a little bit. Um, it'll change. Yeah, it always does. And it's just, sometimes it's very easy to, to get, get caught up and mired in your, in the moment, but you have to just step back and look at this just a little bit longer. When I say a little bit longer, we're talking matter of months, Mm -hmm. right? Not years talking of matter of months that this, that this will start to turn in the employee's favor again, because right now the companies do have the power. That's the other thing you need to think about. And the companies do have the power. That's why they are trying to do some of the things that they're doing much to my chagrin and I think ultimately to their detriment but they do and so again that 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 will shift quickly because again the labor market's too small oh and by the way the baby boomers are starting to retire so okay. that's going to start to drive a lot of differences and things too so there's a lot of these things that are happening in the not too distant future that that are going to drive a lot of need for employees and I think put the employees a little bit back in the driver's seat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, there's some patience, but to your point, right. That doesn't mean that there's no pain. Um, you know, I, right. I, I feel bad. There's, right. you know, there's a lot of pain out there. Um, mm-hmm. but, but there is, there's light at the end of the tunnel.
1: There is, there is
0: good. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we're good, right? We can, uh,
1: probably... I think so. I think we covered that one and, and then some, so hopefully, um, you know, people are taking away a little bit of, of solace and hope out of it. Cause that's, that's my intent certainly was to provide more message of hope than than gloom and doom. And, and it's real. It's not, not just not lip service. This, this is, this is truly what I believe and, and what I think is going to happen.
0: So I, I hope that people are feeling a little bit better after listening to this. Yeah. I, I, I hope so as well. I think it's coming back. It's, it may, yeah. it's just not going to be tomorrow. So, you know, with that, right. I want to thank everybody for listening to us. I think. Um, Oh, gosh, what are we, episode 12 or something like that? So we're, we're climbing up there. I'm counting it down yeah. to episode 100 or something like that. Exactly right. <laughs> but, you know, thanks thanks for listening to David and I. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And don't forget to subscribe. And, and that way you're getting all the updates as, as we release new episodes. And uh, otherwise, thanks, everybody. Have a great week. And thanks for listening to That Recruiter Show.